welcome to this week's episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and I'm dating a You can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that? No! Okay, I'll beep it out. I'm not a You just said you were, literally <laughs> seconds before you we went on That air. was going to be your fact? Um, no, but then I thought about it when you said that thing you said. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> and I'm Amanda, and I'm not a also, I'm sick. That's yeah, my fact. She is sick. That's why she's saying what she's saying. She's loopy. <laughs> You're such I'll, a fucker. I'll, I'll beep it out. I'll beep it out. That I'm a <laughs> Stop saying it. Now I have to beep it out three times. <laughs> okay, so. Jesus. Um, we are going to do a bit of a different thing here this week. We are going to not necessarily uh, contiguously. Um, do these episodes but we are going to kind of do our thoughts and opinions on Buffy the Vampire Slayer it's my first full run through of it I watched it like way back in the 90s and early 2000s and I didn't go all the way through Amanda's a big fan though and she has she has an annual Slayer Fest I do where we find the chosen one and try our best to kill her usually in vain (laughs) causing our own demises that's untrue, but it is based on Slayer Fest 98, Season 3 episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's where I get the name from. Um, but it is just a Buffy marathon. I do once a year every year since 2009 was the first Slayer Fest. So, uh, so it's been years. Yeah. Years of Slayer Fests. So what we're going to do is, for this episode, we're going to, because we're currently in the middle of our own run-through of the whole show... So we're going to kind of use this episode as like a general thoughts and stuff about the Scooby gang early on in season one and two. Um, Some of our favorite episodes, some of our thoughts on the villains, all a bunch of stuff. I'm going to let Amanda run the thing. But then maybe a couple episodes down, we'll do season three and then another couple episodes we'll do season four. and, And then eventually we'll have a couple episodes talking about the whole show. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, so this is Jay Ray's first time watching it, which is where this is is coming from. Obviously, he said I'm a longtime fan, so we thought it would be interesting for us to have these conversations. Um, one of us as a seasoned, longtime fan, and the other um, kind of experiencing it for the first time mm-hmm. in full, in order, and that sort of thing. Um, so right now, full disclosure, we are one episode into season four. I have this sinking feeling it's going to take us forever to get through season four because it's terrible and I don't want to watch it. Um, But anyway, so today we're going to talk about seasons one and two uh, because one's a little bit short to dedicate a whole episode just to season one. Uh, And like Jerry said, we can talk about season three in a few. And once we finish four, we can talk about four, et cetera, et cetera. So let's, well... So you said that you watched it a little in the 90s, like yes. when it was on air. Yes. You just watched like sporadic episodes? Did you watch it semi-regularly? Yeah, I definitely watched it semi-regularly. I have distinct memories of recording the episode after Buffy and Angel Bone for my mom. Oh. So I watched it. Oh, was your mom a fan? She was also. Oh, we I didn't know were. that. Yeah. So I watched it consistently pretty much up until that point because then I don't really have a lot of Buffy memories after that. Gotcha. That's season two, so. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And then like, I think there were some sporadic things after because as I've watched things with you um, here during Slayerfests, there are episodes I recall. Right. Or at least characters, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like I remember Dawn. Right. So that must have happened at some point for me to watch it. But... um but yeah, so the first two seasons are kind of my my main my main deal. 
Gotcha. And had you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah, I love the movie. You love the movie. I'm a big Christy Swanson fan. Yeah. She's very pretty. <laughs> That's Maybe so Maybe not weird. today, but she Is definitely she, was. Do you think she was that. prettier than Sarah Michelle Gellar? Honest opinion. Like, like in terms of, like, season From one Buffy. Season one Buffy to, to Christy fi- Swanson in Buffy, in Buffy. the Vampire Slayer yeah. movie. Maybe. Weird. I'm really not into Christy Swanson. Well, I, I mean, I think she made a great Buffy. I think she was totally fine, but... um. And actually, she's some, much more Valley Girl about it, which is for like appropriate sure. for the setting. Totally. I also think that she was a, a more reasonable Buffy in, in a lot of ways. I mean, Joss will talk about like how he wants Buffy to look like this totally innocuous person who isn't going to kick your ass on the street, but then is completely like totally can. Right. But like Sarah Michelle Gellar is like Tiny. a pathetic wimp of a person. <laughs> sure. Christy Swanson isn't like formidable by any stretch. But no, but like, it looks like she jogs. But she looks like she like <laughs> yeah like. You know, like, you could, like, flick Sarah Michelle Gellar on the nose and she would go down. Right. Like, Christy Swanson could at least throw a punch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Nope, sure. So sometimes I think, like, when they cast Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's perfect in every way, and I'm not, not complaining about it, but sometimes I'm like, Joss, too far. Mm. You've picked, like, the wimpiest, shrimpiest little lady you ever could find. She weighs 100 pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, but that thought only goes in and out sometimes. Because your intro to the show, or this character, rather, is the show. It's true. So for all intents and purposes, Buffy Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, and I right. Buffy is Sarah Michelle Gellar to me. Let me make that clear. But yes, to you. To me. Right. Buffy Not is Sarah real Michelle Buffy Gellar. fans who know the magic <laughs> that is Christy Swanson. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. Yeah, that movie is not as bad as people make it out to be. Like, it's definitely campy and like... But like, no more were less campy than movies that came out, like Revenge of the yeah, Nerds totally. and all like that it's, other yeah, shit. Yeah, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's not a good movie. I mean, Pee Wee Herman is the main vampire, but what are you going to do? I mean, he's great, though. He's a great vampire. He's yeah. a really great vampire. Whatever. Anyway, um, okay. Wait, so sorry, sorry. so had you seen the movie before you started seeing the show? No. Sometime no. later. No. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't think I watched the movie until I had completed the series. I'm a little bit younger than Jay Ray, so I did not watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV. I don't think my mom would have let me. Um, but I didn't even know it existed, quite honestly. Mm, excuse me. Um so I started watching Buffy, I think I was in high school, so it was probably 2006, maybe, 2005, 2006. So the show had ended by the time I picked it up. Um, and then I watched it pretty quickly, and then I was just a big fan. You know, I might not have, I, I feel like I finished it when I went to college, mm. uh, actually. So that's more like 2008, and then I started Slayer Fest in 2009. Which okay. is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah so it makes sense. So, so, like, once you started, you are pretty consistently... Oh, yeah, I was, like, an instant mega fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But, like yeah. I said, I mean, I watched it completely out of context of the 90s. Right. <laughs> so, but I did watch it at the age. Like, I remember, um, like, watching Buffy be the age I was. Sometimes I get really disturbed to this day that I'm now older than Buffy ever was on right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series. Um, but anyway, that I, I digress. So let's talk about season one first, right? Now let's talk about let's talk about season seven first. Great. Okay. Well, okay. let me let's tell you. Let's, let me tell you. Okay. So um, there's an unaired pilot of the show. I don't know if you know this. But I do not. There is an unaired pilot of the sh- of the show that I don't know if it exists anywhere. I'd kind of like to watch it. I've never seen it. It's on any it, of the DVDs. No. Hmm. And here's why: because somebody else played Willow in the unaired oh. pilot. Different actress played Willow and was recast by Allison Hannigan. Um, so I think it's exactly the same episode. Right, it just is a different Willow. Right, because 
they like meet her for the first time in episode one. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, do we want to talk about character? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the first episode's Welcome to the Hellmouth introduces us to everybody, including Buffy. So um, who do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Buffy? Sure. In episode one? I mean, hard to hard to take hard to all recall, the other stuff but, away um, from her. Yeah, I will say you're right in that. I mean, she is Buffy, right? We're introduced to this character that only ever existed in like one movie that really not everybody in the audience for the TV show saw. Right. So actually, they're probably hoping that people did not see the movie because. As we know from this documentary that's on these DVDs here, Joss yeah. was not a huge fan of the final not product of the movie. He left like halfway through the making of the movie. So. Yeah. So um, it's like his abandoned child. Right. So I mean, watching it because I can't recall the first time I watched it. But watching it the first time this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar is Buffy. Yeah. Like you say, but it is interesting to see her so unBuffy like. Because I'm so used to seeing her later. Right. You know, so um, the more trepidation that she's got, her lack of confidence in her slayer abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's it's kind of jarring when you watch it the other way, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because, I mean, she kind of ends this show as a hero. Right, yeah, I will and say. every season as a hero. Sure. Yeah. I will say, like... Um, to say she lacks confidence in season one is only in comparison, really. I think yeah. to the other seasons, right. like, I don't think as a person that she lacks confidence or as a slayer, she lacks confidence. She just grows more confident over time, mm. you know, so she seems, but like, she still has more confidence than any 16 year old I know. And there's no way she thinks she like will lose a fight to a vampire, you know, like right. she's not worried about that. So she's confident enough. Right. She doesn't really want to have anything to do with it, but that's sort of a running thing throughout the show. Well, it's also too, though, just that awkwardness of being a new student. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the first episode, um, is the introduction of that character, Jesse, mm. yeah. who is in the, the actors in the main titles. And then they kill that character in that episode. I think it's the second episode. I think mm. he's in the first two episodes. Well, yeah. So I think it's a part one or part two. The second episode is called The Harvest, but they are kind of part one and part two ish they actually both aired the same day so it's true he yeah yeah he because right. that's he when, dies when he's revealed as like you're totally right yeah thank you i'm kind of an expert you're kind of an expert you're right but i still think that's pretty i, awesome. I should walk away now. you brought on right. a character who right. everybody was led to believe was a main character on the series and you killed him off in the first night right <laughs> since they aired on the same day and honestly at this point did people know this about joss whedon no, probably right. not. So that this is his first. I mean, Buffy is his first show. Jossing. Yeah, that's true. Because like he seriously josses. Because then we've got, um, well, we got Phil Coulson in the Avengers. Right. We've got Wash in Firefly. Yeah. Um, he's just really great at killing characters we care about. Well, he is, and I also will say, not to skip ahead a bunch of seasons, but in season six when he kills Tara. Yeah. He adds Amber Benson to the opening credits in that one episode, the one where she dies, right. <laughs> uh, which is a very, so it's a very Joss thing to do, yeah. and it's something that the show did right off the bat, right? which is cool, because it's like, he seems like a main character, so it's nice to, to, it's not even that we like Jesse so much, it's just such a surprise, because right. you think he's a main character, and he's not. Because um, I forget, is he like friends with Willow and Xander? Yeah, yeah, he's like a friend of, I think more so Xander's, but right. yeah, yeah. Because obviously they don't have a crew. 
yet. It's really just Willow and Xander hanging out. Right. Yeah, it's not until friends. Buffy comes on when they become a group. A group, right. Because Giles comes with that. Right. Right. And that's why it seems much more organized. It's true. I see. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about Luke in those two episodes, too? He's the vampire who works for the Master. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, he's a pretty good He's vampire. pretty good. Um, yeah, I will say the types of vampire bosses, so to speak, that we encounter, like, you know, bosses video game-wise, rather, you sure. know, like the big boss of those episodes. Right. Um, they kind of run the gamut in terms of what they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, deep-voiced, knowledgeable menacing big mm-hmm. you know like he's all those things Seems you, scary. He's you think of right in a way that like spike season two is not right but he's still as formidable in sure. a different way absolutely right so like he's much so luke is much more typical what you would have expected right and then they get away from that yeah that's how i feel i think that. it's a good point about all of the vampires in season one i mean luke's obviously the most notable but i think the vampires we meet in season one even darla who we meet early on too yep. they all sort of seem that way right. they seem to all like fit into like one type of thing yeah like this is what a vampire is right yeah it's a good point it's a good point um i don't know if we should go through all these episodes the number three i really like that's um witch which is the one with uh amy's mom the cheerleader yeah the cheerleader right yeah so we meet Amy for the first time, who becomes a... Main character at some point. Sort of. Because, yeah. like, Amy she, doesn't show up again for a lot of season one. That's true. I don't think she... I can't remember if she ever shows up again in season one. Right. Maybe. Well, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. That's how not important she is. Right. But then she becomes part of the crew for a bit in season two or three. It's only, like, one episode, though. And then Willow turns her into a rat. Right. Right. Well, and then she's stuck as a rat. Yeah. <laughs> and then does she become relevant again ever? Yeah, season six. She season comes six. back. And how consistently is she in the show after that? She's in it for, like, a few episodes in six, and she's pretty integral to, like, what happens and like what goes on with Willow points, yeah. in, in that particular plot. Yeah. Um, and then she gets skinned? Skinned? I don't know what happens to her. Oh. Well, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You'll see when we get there. Okay. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting that we see her this this early. I think Teacher's Pet is a great episode. That's the next one. That's, That's the, one the Praying Mantis. Mantis. Yeah, that is a good one. Who you, needs Xander's virgin sperm? So what's interesting, too, is Amanda preceded a lot of these episode watching sessions by, this is a terrible episode. Did I lot, say that about Teacher's Pet? I feel like you Oh, did. I like Teacher's yeah, Pet. Yeah, no, really good. I said that. But she says about a couple, and I every do. single episode, I was like, I'm really glad we watched that episode. Well, I definitely said that about the next one, which is Never Kill a Boy on the First Date is a terrible episode. <laughs> Remind me. Um, Buffy's love life is looking up when she goes on a date with the normal Owen. But when Owen nearly gets killed during Buffy's battle to save Giles and the others from the Master's vampires, she decides that normal dating might be too dangerous after all. Is he the one it's who... It's, like, so not memorable. Like, kind of, like, is into her being a slayer? Does that happen? Isn't there, like, a guy who, like, likes that she's an adventurer and, like, he tries to participate in that? And, no? You don't remember? I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, it's not a very memorable episode. That's fair. So it's not very good. I really like the pack. The pack's a nice pack's episode. Pretty good. Although there's a shot. It's a little heavy-handed, also. Yeah, the metaphor true. of it is a little, little heavy. Yeah. If you ever watch this episode, there's a shot. It's slow motion, mm-hmm. and it's Xander and the rest of these hyena mother flippers walking slowly toward the camera. And I don't know what it was. Maybe they were short on footage. Yeah. But this shot lingers. It does. I mean, so much so that when the next scene happens. You still see a burned-in visual image on your television screen of them slowly walking <laughs> toward you. It's it's rough. 
But it's a fun episode. Yeah. So it's got a nice little twist at the end, too. Right. Yeah. The one where Xander starts hanging out with the cool kids when they go to the zoo, I guess. They're at a zoo and there's a hyena exhibit. Right. And the five of them, I think there are, get turned into hyena-like people. It's like they're eating people. their bodies get full of, like, hyena demon souls. Yeah, demon like souls, yeah. I gotta say, you feel bad for the pig in that episode. Oh, God, I know. That's terrible. Well, you gotta say, too, you feel bad for Principal Flutie, R.I.P. Oh. That's right. I forgot about him. So, yeah, so Principal Flutie's only in six episodes. Um, yeah, he's a pretty good principal. And he is. A lot he's better good. than Schneider. Yeah, but. Schneider sucks. <laughs> Star Trek bastard. Shout out to Ken Lerner. Ken Lerner. Um, Angel's the next episode. It's the episode where Buffy and Angel kiss for the first time. Some stuff going on with Angel. What do you think about Angel, since we're talking about characters? He gets better. Yeah, I mean, because, now you've seen pretty much all of Angel that right. you're going to see, so. Tough yeah. at first? Bro- brooding Angel. I don't like brooding. I mean, I know... Angel does a lot of brooding. I'm a very <laughs> negative person myself, so maybe that's why I don't care to see other people do my shtick. You know, so I see Angel, and he's doing his whole corner lurking thing, or all the awkward moments where he's, like, peeping on Buffy through, like, a window or some shit, and I'm like, I don't have time for this. Right. But, and maybe later... Like, post Bad Angel, post Angelus. So you're talking, like, season three? Yeah, he, like, lightens up a bit in, like, fun ways. Yeah. Where, like, he's kind of with the crew, and it seems like off episode he's had, like, some hangout sessions with Giles or something, you know? Sure. Um, That one episode with Xander, he's with those um, undead people. Oh, the Zeppo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's like some funny bits with Angel there because he runs in and the way he's talking doesn't seem so, it's not like it's funny, but right. it's, it's friendly. It's more lighthearted. Yes. Yeah. In a way that like, he's he not here. first. Yeah. yeah. In season one. So it's when he starts loosening up. And I think it's why, even if it's not as good a show or maybe it's very mm-hmm. different, I'd be interested in maybe watching Angel. Sure. Because I want to see more of that version of him. Yeah. He is a lot more like that on Angel yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. But not bad. I like him. All right, well, we'll talk more about Angel in season two because he gets a little more complicated then. Um, then we have I Robot You Jane, which I is like definitely it. one that I said yeah. this episode is terrible I thought it was, before. But it really wasn't that bad, right? It's, it's pretty not, bad. It's not a great. It's up there in the bad episodes it's, it's category. <laughs> um, but that is where we, I think, the one where we meet Jenny Calendar. I think that's right. Yes, that I think makes that's sense. her first episode. Jenny so. Calendar's great. Yeah. I forgot about her when we were talking about Joss's evil ways. Oh, yeah. Jenny Calendar's great. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too, because we're talking about season two. The Puppet Show is a creepy-as-fuck episode. That's the one with the... The um, talent show? No, the dummy. The, the Oh. Is there, but there's a talent show, right? Isn't that why the dummy comes into play? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. There I've, is a talent I've show. I've watched these, this You're right. show before. There's a talent yeah. show. But yeah. that's not the memorable thing. The memorable thing <laughs> is that creepy-as-fuck dummy. Yeah, I mean, I, I default to that Goosebumps book. It's always what I think about when there's, like, a mannequin that's yeah. on a killing spree. Yeah, I think of that, too. Yeah, totally fucking creepy. Um, I don't want to keep talking about these, but I do want to mention Out of Mind, Out of Sight, which is an episode that I wish we got more of. That's the episode with the Invisible, invisible Girl, played by Clay Duvall, who, first of all, mm, I love, so yeah. that's important to me. But um, that episode ends on that, like, weird note of that, like, invisible army that right. the government is employing. yeah. And it's super, it's a cool idea, right? Yeah. Like for a movie or for something. And we just never get more of it again. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things where they show the government knows more. And I guess we kind of 
encounter a little bit of that in season four with like whatever this subsect is of people. Right. But it's definitely not like on the whole. Yeah. Like whatever this invisible army is or yeah. whatever's happening at other hellmouths across the country and shiz like that. Totally. You know? but, yeah, I just think it would have been cool to see it come back in any way at yeah. some point during the series as like another random one-off or whatever or to see it in another form, but it is right. just like gone. I wonder it, if it's the story like, a, is over. like a ratings thing. Maybe. You know, if it was a lower-viewed episode or something. Maybe. Although I always get confused by, like, when an episode's lower-viewed. Because I was like, well, if they watched a lot of the episode before and the episode after, like... Because I, I don't know tough. whether an episode's going to be bad or not if I yeah. watch it. I'm right. just going to no, watch it. Right, no, that's true. So. It's totally so that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we get Prophecy Girl, which is the season finale. I think it's a pretty good finale, as finales go. Last Slayer Fest I had... Normally we just do like a greatest hits sort of thing at Slayer Fest, but this past year I decided to go with a theme, and we watched all of the finales, and if there were two parts, we watched both parts. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot better finales out there, I guess, but I think it's a, a pretty... A lot better, though? I mean, there's only seven, or six. Yeah, but, I mean, the only one that I think... Because Becoming Part 1 and Part 2 and Season 2 are fucking great. Those are two of the best episodes of that whole show. Hmm. In my opinion. No, no, that's, I'm just trying to remember, because that's the... It's Evil Angel. Yes. Yeah, she kills Angel. Right. Um, season 3 is Graduation Day. Those are pretty epic. Those are good episodes. Yeah. Season 4, we get Restless, which is a really weird one. Right, because it's um, not really... So we might put... Yeah, because it's not epic in yeah. the same way. So as an ender, I really like Restless as an episode, but as an ender, I definitely think it's probably the weakest one. Right. Um, season five, we get The Gift. That's probably my favorite episode of all time. Uh, it's a two-parter? Nope. Just The Gift. Buffy jump. I mean, there's like three episodes towards the end there right. that all sort of go together, but technically it stands alone. Uh, six, we get Grave, part one and part two. Maybe those are on the weaker side. Um, I like them. And then season seven's epic. Chosen is a great episode. So. Right. So my point is, are there really that many that are better than season one's closer? Yeah, most of them. Maybe not six and maybe not four. And it's hard to take away six because you get that yellow crayon speech. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> I've seen crayons Anyway, before. Prophecy Girl is still a really great episode. Right. I mean, it's, it's awesome. The show, uh, to have to have this conversation about putting them in any sort of order right. is like... That's our gift to us, because they're all great. Right. There's no reason to have to do it. But yeah, Prophecy Girl's good. How do you feel about Xander coming in and saving the day at the end of that episode? Buffy would have been dead. Because he has air in his lungs? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's there. I like Xander. Yeah. Um, And uh, there's a lot of hate for Xander in this apartment (laughs) during Slayer Fest. Because of certain parties. Yes. One party in particular. Comedians. Yes. Cough. How dare you? (laughs) Um, I do have a friend who hates Xander a lot. Um, But she also identifies with him sometimes. She does. She thinks of herself as a Xander as much as it kills her sometimes. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more of What's that thing that your cousin says about Ninja Turtles? He calls it the Raphael Complex. Let's let's go into that. What is that? The Raphael complex is a thing my cousin, who at like age at least he was at least thirty when he told me this, over a Christmas dinner, he like literally he's like eating his fucking ham at, at Christmas dinner yeah. and he's like, you know the thing guys is when I was a kid I really hated Raphael and the Ninja Turtles. 
but that's because I realized I was Raphael. They like it was like this big emotional moment for him when he like had this whole. He's got like his spiral ham hanging out of his mouth and stuff. He does, yeah. And so, um, so I now refer to that as the Raphael complex. And his point is like sometimes you hate the characters who are reflecting your flaws back to you specifically. Flaws, I see. Because he, what he hated about Raphael was like that he was like moody and angry and like, you know. Not a good member of the team, all right. these things, which are also happen to be my cousin's personal right. flaws, too. So, so that's the thing. Right. Okay. Write that down, kids. You'll be quizzed. Raphael Complex. <laughs> um, no, so I, I like Xander. I like Xander almost the whole time. There's a couple of times where he's not great, but I can say that about every character on the show. Yep. So, overall, I'm a big Xander fan. So, him saving the day at the end is kind of a theme I think that they do encounter throughout the show. Mm-hmm. It's how the normie can do something. You know, the whole Mulan, a single grain of rice can tell the scale, yada, yada. Yeah. So I think that's, like, his thing. Yeah. He can't go punching vampires, and he can't read all these extensive spell books, and at the time, he can't hack like Willow can, but um, he can do CPR. He took health class. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, so it's it's not bad. I mean, it's fine. It doesn't really, like, resonate with me in any way. It's just, like, a plot device that needs to happen so Buffy can come back and look all cool in her wet sure. gown. But. Well, again, she has to die, because that's what the prophecy states. Correct. That's why she's the prophecy girl. So, right. yeah. Yeah, but it's I mean, like, it could have been anybody. It could have been Willow. It could have been whatever. Sure. Like, you know, it's yeah. not like they share a moment or something. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, too, like, Willow is also kind of a normie. Like, I know she's a computer hacker or whatever a little right. bit. but, like, she hasn't, she doesn't want to do it at that point. But too. she's not magical yeah. yet or anything either, so... It's not like she has but Xander's any more got a power complex than Xander, really. Though. He does, right? Really, yeah. Because he's why it's got a thing. man yeah. complexness problem, blah, 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 blah. Why do you make it a gender thing? It's a Xander thing. It's not a Xander thing. <laughs> it it's a fucking white thing. dude thing. Anyway. It's cool to Can like Xander. Can you tell listeners what's happening right now? Uh, Jay Ray's holding his hand up against my face. Talk to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean... I've got respect for Xander. I don't dislike Xander like my friends do, but right. some, sometimes I have moments where I dislike Xander, like because you said, with all like, characters. Right. Um, but I there I think there are more moments when I'm mad at Xander than some other characters. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's season one. Do you have any other feels? You want to talk about Willow? We didn't talk about her. We didn't yeah, talk, we about didn't talk about Giles or Cordelia. I mean, generally, all these characters are, become better. Mm-hmm. Not that they start off bad at all, but and it just makes sense, too. Like, they just get to cool places. Willow becomes a much better hacker, and then she eventually becomes a witch, which right. is great. Um, Xander really falls into that normal guy thing, and then as you bring up all the time, he develops some rudimentary soldier-like skills after a certain episode, so he is at least an ad set yep. tactically. Um, but you have to appreciate his like gung-ho-ness to always participate, even though he can't. Yep. Um, Giles is great pretty much all the time. Yeah. I don't think Giles, you know, it's sort of interesting. Sometimes I think Willow is one of the most compelling characters on the show just because she changes the most from season one to season seven from this, like, I don't want to call her snivelly, but I might call her snivelly, like, very, very weak and right. pathetic um, to the most powerful person on that show, without a doubt. Right. Um, so it's kind of awesome to watch that happen over seven years. But Giles, on the other hand, like, he's kind of just Giles. I mean, he has his ups, ups and downs as he loses his job as a watcher and as he loses his job as a librarian. Um, so he has his moments. And, like, of course, he leaves in season six and all these other things. But but he's sort of just Giles. And mm. I feel like he's Giles from day one. 
Yes, that's somebody who grows a lot and yeah. changes a lot. I mean, the things that change... Which makes sense, because he's an adult and the rest of them are kids. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, really, the things that change are his feelings toward Buffy, from, like, this obligatory mentor status to a father figure. Right. Um, and right, so maybe Giles was always that caring before. Sure. Although, I guess also, too, maybe he is discovering it for himself, because you feel like people who are watchers are probably part of that organization for a while, and it's probably kind of like hard-pressed into them to not be, like, caring about their subjects. Yeah, right. Um, so maybe he's surprised by that, too. But that's that's the thing that changes. Yeah, it's true. But it's, it's even just, point. like, the friendliness of it. Like, mm-hmm. when they think Willow died. Mm-hmm. Again, later on. But, I mean, Giles is, like, really hurt by it. Right, and that's really upset. great to see because yeah. he cares about these people. Um, even his little interactions with Xander become zingier later because he feels more comfortable with them. Yeah. Um, actually, there's that bit where... I guess at the end of season two, he's captured, mm-hmm. and Xander is the one who saves him. Yeah. And he's like, this is a dream. Right. And Xander's like, if this were, like, why would I be the one saving you? Right, right, right. He's right, like, right. good point. Get yeah, me out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, like, not season one Giles. Right. You know, we had to be with Xander Yeah, he gets more fun. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But it's not growth. It's just, like, how he interacts with the rest of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Because Anya's like that, too. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a square early on because she's all demon-y and really old, but she becomes very great. She's right? kind of a square the whole time. That's why I love Anya. But, like, a funner square. Funner square, like, for sure. So, Amanda's watching The Office for the first time. Right. And I kept telling her, I'm like, you're going to like Angela. Mm-hmm. You gotta. For more ways than one. But, <laughs> Shut up. But as you get later on, she becomes a bit better of a character because she's not at Like, all those annoying things about her become funny things about her later. I'm going to take a total side note on this Angela thing for one second, because I just watched an episode where I've decided officially that I love Angela because of two reasons. So it's the episode where they have the, like, party down in the basement. Yes. Um, Cafe Disco. Cafe Disco. And the first moment I love Angela is when she walks in underneath the... Um, the limbo stick, the limbo and she doesn't stick, even duck. And she doesn't duck. Yeah. yeah, and that's the first moment I love Angela. And the second moment I love Angela, where I just, like, resign myself to my Angela-ness, is she starts... She doesn't want to dance. She doesn't want to do anything. And she starts, like, picking up cups. And Michael says, no cleaning. And she says, you're all having fun. Can't I just have fun, yeah. too? And he's like, no, no cleaning. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I, yeah. I love Angela now. Yeah, yeah. Too but good. that's the thing. Because, like, she's a real stickler early on. Yeah. So then you put her in a crazier situation. Like, you know. And I think that's the same for Giles. Yeah. He's, like, this rules guy. Rules guy, And yeah. then, like, as he adapts. Yeah, and I mean, he always stays rules guy. You still need rules guy around. But, yeah, he... He also, like, learns to trust Buffy in a way, too, which in se- it comes about mostly in Season 3, when eventually she betrays the Watcher's Council and all that stuff. Right. Because he's still following the rules. He's giving her the drugs right. on her birthday to do that test. And um, eventually he's like, no, I trust my Slayer. And so, like, when Buffy makes decisions about stuff later on... Right. Sometimes they'll try to be like, well, here's what I think you should do and why, and these are good reasons. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, he just, like, lets her go because he knows that she knows. I mean, it eventually becomes, like, a, a tit-for-tat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because, so I have a lot of thoughts here. Okay. First, in terms of her 18th birthday thing. Right. That probably could have played out differently had Giles not become emotionally attached to her. So if he was sterner the whole time mm-hmm. and they didn't have that father-daughter relationship, Buffy might not have felt betrayed. That's true. Because she might have felt like it was more like just what he does. Yep. So maybe they wouldn't have had that falling out. Yep. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just think it could have played out differently if Giles never, like, softened up. Um, as for him trusting her more, 
I think that works both ways for those characters because she also understands that Giles just actually knows things Mm -hmm. because she oftentimes just walks into a situation with the solution of I'm just going to kick butt. Right. And a lot of those times she'll have to come back. Yep. She's like, that didn't work. That didn't work for me. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, it's, I think prancing it's both. She's prancing in a no prance zone. That's exactly To right. bring this back to an earlier episode. So I think it's both. I yeah. think he understands that sometimes you can't overanalyze it. You just got to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she realizes, like, not everything can be punched. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so let's talk about Cordelia for a minute. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on Cordelia? Season one, first introduction of Cordelia. She's tough. She's not very useful, and I realize that on Buffy, she never really becomes very useful. Her bookends are unuseful. Yeah. She's at least an interesting part of the group when she is one, Mm -hmm. but beginning and end, she's not utilized very well. Right. She's very pretty, (laughs) Um, and she is an interesting social foil to Buffy early on. Yep. Um, So when she starts getting integrated into the monster stuff. Right. Like you're saying, she doesn't really become useful, but, like, in the same way that Xander's not useful. It's true. So. But Xander's still more useful than Cordy. It's true. Yeah. Um, but it's just there's some more interesting interactions at least with her there. Um, even if she's not dating Xander, like pre that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. This will be for next episode, but I, I do just want to say that I do feel like I don't understand why they used her the way they did in season three. Uh, and it, I felt like every time she came on screen, it bummed me out. Yeah. Because it's not the Cordelia of seasons past, you know? Yeah. She is, I agree, she's better in seasons one, and specifically two is probably two the best her, season. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about Willow for a second? Or we, we kind of talked about Willow. Yeah, you no. Could. Willow I like. She becomes, I mean, she's like the good character. It's why, like, again, we'll get there when I actually watch it, but, like, when Bad Willow happens, it's why it's so emotional. It's really emotional. Because she is, like, the best of them. Yeah. From a moral standpoint. Um, so to see her do that. So they do a really good job, though, of making her that good person without being annoying about it. Totally. She's yeah. not annoying. I agree. Okay. Season two. So this is after season one? It comes after season one. After season three? No, before, before season okay, three. Okay, okay. But after season one. Because of numbers, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Um, the season two opener is not a particularly memorable or good episode, actually. Maybe their openers aren't as strong as their... Because Anne, I don't like Anne either. That's the yeah. start of season three. Oh, well, well, we didn't really talk about, like... So Xander saves a day in season one. He does. But, like... Do we want to talk about, like, the Master himself? We never really oh, yeah, let's talk about the Master. Yeah. I think the Master's a great big bad. I do. Especially yeah. as a first one. Uh, yeah, I think he's solid. And actually, in my recollection of watching it from years past, I thought he was more involved later. But he's not, he's as not I learned. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, like, you talk about it all the time. Like, he's got, like, those, like, blood stains around his mouth, like, all the time. Like, yeah. it's always a little pink. Yeah. Um, his teeth are awesome. He's got some of the better teeth. Yeah, he's got and, really good teeth. And because he's always uh, lumpy, like as they say. his teeth have teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about it, too, actually, when we were watching those episodes, because we thought maybe they were, like, we don't need such a big budget on teeth, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, his teeth are cool. He mm-hmm. looks cool. I like the master. When he's lumpy all the time. He is. So... 
the weird things that happen when vampires become vampire-y and they start talking funny because of the teeth. Right. It's he not a problem like for him because he talks like that all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. It's a good point. Uh, but he's a pretty good bad guy. I mean, the ending's fine in terms of like how it's all done because it still ultimately ends up in Buffy punching him better than he punches her. Yeah. Um, and you could say there's some like psychological stuff there. Like he's kind right. of whacked out because she is alive again and that ruins his thing and the prophecy, yada, yada. Um... But he's a good big bad throughout. He is. As like a guy who points and says, go do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, interesting too, when we're talking about really good finales, I think that I love the master. I think he's great. Right. And I also think if I were to rate all of the big bads from all the seasons, I'd put him second to last. Mm. The only person who would come after him is Adam from season four. Oh, he's second to last. Second to last. Oh. Yeah. Because the others are just so great. Mm. I mean, the first in season seven is great. Is it though? Dark Willow is great dark will i'll give you i've never seen it but i'll give it to the you. the nerds are also pretty great too and yeah I, I i i'm i'm waiting okay a lot of people the hate them yeah. so you you might be one of those people great um but dark willow is great and the first is an impressive glory is like my favorite character on the whole show probably ben? season five <laughs> ben <laughs> so are you saying that there's a connection between ben and glory <laughs> bonnie don't dig let me stop her you keep talking okay um and season four Adam's terrible. Right. Season three, we have the, the mayor. mayor, who's phenomenal. Yeah. He's probably my second favorite big bad after Glory. Um, and Faith, who I also like a lot. And then season two, Spike and Drew. So the master, I mean, he's great, but there's some other really great people in there. So he's got to fall close to the end of that list if you really had to rank them. Which is only to say how great all of them are, because I love the master. Right, really, Adam's low because Adam's he's the bad. one. He's terrible. <laughs> Because Spike and Drew would be lumped together as big bads. Yeah. And really, Angel's sort of the big bad of season two. In well, because that's what I'm too, wondering. Once he turns. Could Spike not be considered a big bad? Because People of, usually say it's Spike and Drew. Because of the way his story arc goes, though, like over the whole show. Oh, sure. Because Faith is not really considered a big bad either. No, it's really the mayor more than Faith. And then she comes in again to, like, save the day at the end of the show. It's true. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, Anne, you don't like... Sorry, Anne isn't the beginning yeah. of the season. When she was bad is the beginning of the season. Buffy has that, like, vision in which the master kills her. And then the anointed one, who's that little kid who we didn't talk about right, also. Right. Um, I, you hate him, right? I hate him. I like him. I That's, just think the kid's a terrible actor. Oh, I thought it, it was great. It was, oh. like, the right... Because it was creepy. That's why he's he tough. Bad, yeah. He's bad. He's, okay. yeah, right. he's just a little too untalented. Anyway, it's it's not a particularly memorable episode. And I... And I don't think Spike and Spike and Drew, I don't think, make an appearance until, yeah, they don't come in until school hard, which is the third episode of the season. Some Assembly Acquired, though, second episode of the season, I think is a great episode. That's when um, the bodies of girls who are killed in, like, car accidents are being put into, like, a Frankenstein girl oh, for that Frankenstein guy. That was a messed up episode. I like that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it, sense, though. Makes sense. Then we have School Hard, so Spike and Drew come in. You want to talk about Spike and Drew? Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on Spike and Drew? Drew is a bit much. In this season. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine with... Because yeah. obviously Spike has a lot more right. going on. So Spike in season two. So Drew is a bit much. That's what I'm going to start with. Okay. Um, because her... Whatever the hell's going on with her... Yeah. Plays until it's too much. Yeah, it's a little... And I feel like because they're the big bads and because she goes through certain things during the season, 
yeah, it's kind of like, it's just too much. I don't know. She's fine. And she's fine in small doses. You know, it's funny because I, Drew, I used to really like. I would have even put her up there in like a list of top ten favorite characters or something yeah. at a time. But rewatching it with you this time around, I, I'm sort of with you. Yeah. I, I was a little over Drew at certain points. I was just like... Yeah, too much. Too much is the only way to really say it. Because yeah. like she has some really good moments and some yeah. really good scenes and some really funny moments that I really appreciate. Right. Um, and some really beautiful moments that I really appreciate too. But but there are those moments where like she doesn't get it and she's being weird or whatever. Yeah. And then you, as at least an audience member who's watching back to back episodes, want to reach out and be like, "Stop being Stop fucking it. weird." <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I I wonder too. I, I don't think Joss had any plans to keep Spike around. Right. But there is an extent to which you feel bad for Spike because Drew's so fucked up. Mm. Like, that he's been saddled... Not saddled, because he loves her or whatever, but, like, that he has to take care of her and stuff. He has to make sure she eats. And, like, you sort of feel bad that his girlfriend's, like, in a certain way, like an invalid, you know? Well, and and with that, I will say that's why I like Spike. Because as a bad guy... And as brutal as he can get when he's doing bad guy things. Yeah. One, he cares for Drew. He does. And two, he is having fun in a way that isn't like... Like he... It isn't mean. Right. It isn't like mean-spirited. Because when Angel goes bad and you see Spike and Angel next to each other, you're like, wow. Right. Spike's not really that bad. He's really like... Him and, and Drew are really like sick and twisted, right? Like she has that line where she's like... We're going to end the world, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> Want to come, yeah. <laughs> or whatever she says. But, right. Like, it's very playful. Yeah. Her and Spike's relationship with each other, and their relationship to the bad shit they do. Right. Angelus is an evil bastard. Right. Like, throughout the show, obviously in season two for sure, but when we start seeing him in the past and stuff too, like the shit he did to Drew, for example. Right. He is an evil fucking bastard. Yeah. He kills Jenny Calendar, evil fucking bastard. Right. That stuff he does to Giles after he kills Jenny. Like, I'm not saying Spike wouldn't have killed Jenny. He probably would have. But he wouldn't have tortured Giles about right. it. Right. He would have know? made it a thing. Well, because the other thing too is like, really, Spike goes there not to destroy Sunnydale. He goes there because shit's going down, and it seems like a cool place to. Well, do and he his does want to kill the Slayer because he's killed two before, so he's like the right. world's biggest but, badass, right? But that's still really a small scope it's in true. terms of like because. And again, it's for sport. Like he just wants to kill right. her because it would be fun, not because he's an evil bastard, right? And I always get to this place too <laughs> with bad guys who want world domination or destruction or whatever. It's like, why? Yeah. What's the end game? Right. So, like the mayor. In season three, mm-hmm. has his whole thing with the Ascension or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll talk about it next time. But I'm, you know, it's like, why? You're going to live as a big snake thing. Like, what's the <laughs> point? Like, what is it that you want out of this whole thing? Right. You just want to live forever where there's fire and dirt and bones. Um, and obviously, maybe because I'm a human who doesn't like dirt and bones. Sure. I think that's weird. But the way Spike is like, he wants people to still live about their lives. He doesn't want to make all of Sunnydale fear him. Yeah. Um, but he does want to pick off one or two people every night mm-hmm. and, like, mess with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why, ultimately, at the end of the day, too, you still like him. Um, because he is exactly the kind of bad guy who you could see inadvertently teaming up with later on because your interests align. Right. As opposed to a lot of these other bad guys whose interests are always in direct They're just evil bastards. Right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Totally. No, so, so Spike, I like Drew. She should chill out. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going to skip a couple episodes and go down to Halloween, which is the episode in which the gang gets turned into their Halloween costumes that Ethan Rain sold them. So this is the first time we meet Ethan Rain. We see yeah. him one more time later. Um, and I, so I think, too, it's the first time we get a sense of, like, Giles pre-being Giles, mm. pre-being a Watcher, because um, Ethan calls him Ripper and all right. that stuff. Any thoughts on Ethan Rain or that episode? That's where Xander gets his tactical skills that you're talking about. That's yeah. where Buffy's, like, really pathetic and damselly because right, she decides to dress like a girl that she thinks Angel likes. Would be into, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Will is a ghost, which is great. Will is a ghost. And Cordelia is nothing because she got her costume at somewhere fancier. She did. Her, I can't remember where she, she got it. She's a cat. It. Yeah, she's a cat, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know that it was fancier. I just assumed. She bought it somewhere yeah. else, right. Um, Ethan Rain... Is a little disappointing. That's what I'm going to say. All right. Because it was it's an interesting episode, mm-hmm. but like him with this history with Giles being like these punk rock British kids who dabble in warlockness. Right. They're both kind of like these weird disappointing adults. Yeah. They like tuck in their shirts. Mm-hmm. You know. So the backstory is really cool, but when you like you're looking at grown up Ethan Rain, especially because he's still doing bad guy stuff. Right. Like, I don't see the... Appeal. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, the next episode that we get is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, it's Lie to Me, which is that episode where Billy Ford, Fordham, yes. comes back, comes to Sunnydale. Because he has, um... He, well, spoiler alert, he's got a brain tumor, so he wants to be turned into a vampire so he can live forever instead yeah. of dying, as he knows he will. Um, and Buffy kills him. Does he kill him? Yeah, he she, he turns into a vampire as oh, he wanted. Spike turns him, and then she immediately stakes him when he crawls out of the grave right. at the end. Immediately, like a day later, right? Or whenever the funeral is. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, right. once but he, crawls he gets out of turned the grave, into a as a vampire, like in that cellar, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. He gets what he wants out of Spike um, and his gang. Yeah, I mean, it's a good line. I know you like that line at the end a lot, like I the mean, way it goes. Yeah, know. yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a fun episode. It's interesting to see these like vampire worshiping dum dums. Um, yeah, it's a good episode. All right. Then a couple later, we get What's My Line, part one and part two, which is I am Kendra, the vampire mm. slayer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, her accent is not as bad to me. You, <laughs> I mean, your accent of her accent is terrible. My accent of her accent is terrible, but the real problem with her accent is that it changes. Her accent is not so... I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's not so bad. But, like, she like fluctuates on it she doesn't stay consistent with how she sounds that's her problem really i think it's fine anyway thoughts about kendra we have two slayers now it's the first time we see two slayers um she's fine i think but i don't think that's her fault that she's only fine i think it's how she's utilized Mm -hmm. she kind of comes in and she's intentionally made to be like the extra um and she does like the square thing and her and Giles hit it off because they're both a bunch of squares. Right. Um, and she is fine at what she does, but obviously she's not as good as Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have the heart. Yeah, right. I mean, all the improvisation and stuff that mm-hmm. makes Buffy Buffy, you know, um, that lets her live as long as she does. So I feel like they wrote Kendra a little too specifically to not be as good. Like, it's kind of on the nose. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think it could have been interesting. Like, she could have had Faith-like stuff without having to be the jerk that Faith is. Yep. But they could have had, like, an interesting camaraderie in terms of the different ways they approached being a Slayer. But that's never really explored. Right. Um, so that's how I feel. 
It's fucked up when Drew kills her, though, right? It is, but I'm also like disappointed how it happened because she does what? She does something with her nail, but yeah. we don't. We barely see anything. <laughs> and I understand it's TV and you can't yeah. see it, but I mean, it really looks like she scratches her on the cheek. That's fair. You know? Like when I heard that she died or whatever, I was expecting like vampire Epic bite, death, yeah. yeah, stake to the face. I kind of like her death, um, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's just because it just feels like constantly the cards are always stacked up against her, mm-hmm. but like. The people in the world don't see that, but as a right. viewer, it just seems super apparent. I guess maybe too in context of knowing that she's going to die. Sure. I just feel like she doesn't get enough time to shine other than being like, whoa, there's another Slayer, you know? Yeah, some people too, and we had this discussion last year, um, at or this past year at Slayer Fest, right. uh, where it's sort of confusing why we get Faith. Mm. Like, so we get Kendra... We get Kendra because Buffy died for that, like, split second before uh, Xander CPR'd her to life. Um, But then when some people question... So, like, there was a moment in time where there was no Slayer. And in that moment, Kendra was called. Yes. So some people say, like, when Kendra dies, there shouldn't be a faith. Because there is a Slayer. Because Buffy is alive in that moment. Um I mean, this is something that Joss would, like, just, like, roll his eyes at when people accuse him of this stuff. Because he's like, whatever, guys, I'm just telling a good story here. Right. Chill out about the rules. But it is a little confusing. Yeah. I think it it's fine. Personally, I think it's fine. But I've heard people nitpick this before. Well, because if I'm totally spitballing based on no information and not having written the show, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that, like, prophecy-wise, like, the real Slayer is no longer Buffy. The real Slayer is then Kendra. Right. And Which is why Faith Bonus comes. Slayer. Right. <laughs> right. I remember having this conversation yeah. about Bonus yeah. Slayer. <laughs> um, and that's why Faith is called when Kendra dies. But when Buffy dies again later... In season five. There yeah. is no other Slayer because... Because the, Faith's the real Slayer. Right. And Buffy was just Bonus was Slayer. Was just Bonus Slayer. That's right. That's it, that's what I... Like, totally I think it's a, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a reasonable belief, but it's yeah. just as reasonable as the reverse. Right. You yeah, know? No, totally so it's right, just totally one right. of those yep. things. Yeah. Um, after What's My Line, we get Ted. Ted. Ted's a fucking fucked episode. Ted is a great episode. Yeah, Joyce, we didn't talk about Joyce, but I think Joyce is a really great character, and she only becomes more great as the series goes on. She, yes. She really gets a chance to shine more in season two than one. I will um, say, I don't like her mom stuff, though, when she knows and she's still being a mom. Oh, she does that forever. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, she has to, though. Yeah, I mean, there's that episode where that specifically is, like, a thing. Right. Um... I don't know. And I get it, but I hate it. I don't know. All right, that's fine. I really like Joyce as a character. And but this she's is really great. her yeah. first episode where we get to see her, like, be a human. Right. So she's got this boyfriend, Ted. Right. Played wonderfully by John Ritter, um, who's actually a robot. And it's great. It's a great episode. Yep. We get that bad eggs episode next, which I don't want to talk about. It's gross. Those eggs freak me out. Those okay. egg babies. Yes. But after that, we get surprise. Yes. And Innocence. Yes. Which are the episodes where Angel goes bad. Yes. And then Jenny Callender dies. That's correct. Oh, wait. Does she not die until Passion? Yes. She dies in Passion. You're totally right. So she didn't die yet. I'm totally right. You're totally Listeners, right. you guys have heard me just say yes for the past five minutes. You're totally right. <laughs> so, surprise and innocence. What do you think about Angel losing his soul? What do you think about sex as, like, this point of happiness? Because sometimes I roll my eyes at it. As I, I could tell from the way I, I said that. I was going to say, I could not tell at all. Oh, okay. You did not, uh, yeah, you didn't push me toward a certain thought process. Um, 
It's, well, I will say it's interesting in context of Buffy's age. Mm -hmm. In that uh, Buffy being a... She's 17 at this point. Right, a teenager virgin. Yep. And having this moment be the thing that turns Angel because... It's really traumatizing. It makes Buffy particularly vulnerable to the yeah. whole thing. Because if she was older and she's been boning, yeah, you know, it's different. Yeah. You know, but it being her first time and then, like, the, the her initial responses, like, when Angel wakes up and stuff, it's like... Or when she wakes up and it's Angel really walks It's really upsetting. Yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, yeah. so, really good storytelling. For sure, for sure. But super difficult. So those are my thoughts. But Angel is a great bad guy. He is. To the point of being, like, a really bad person. Do you like him better evil than as just, like, brooding Angel? Because, like, you talked about how you like fun Angel, who you're saying is more like season three. Yeah, no. Not necessarily. I really like evil Angel. I like Angelus a lot yeah. as a character. Yeah. I think he's, he's really compelling in a lot of ways. You know, I think... Um, so we just watched Sausage Party this weekend. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, sure. And I think that's how I feel about Angelus mm. with his with his, like coolness mm. because sometimes what makes those things special is when there is a limit and the character feels uncomfortable going toward those limits so angel being broody mm-hmm. when he's fun it's interesting right because it's not him right evil angel it's harder he's kind of one note right so it's evil. really easy easy for him to frolic all across that spectrum yeah and it doesn't seem like he's pushing and pushing any personal boundaries right so I think that's why I would lie toward good angel being fun as opposed to bad angel being regular angel. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's really compelling. I think it's uh, it says a lot about humanity or whatever that these pe- this person c- can be contained within this other person, right? Like, so this sort of, like, metaphor of the fact that, like, you could think you know somebody really, really, really well and they might still do something really, really, really evil, mm. you know, and that one human is capable of those things simultaneously, right. it can be both those things, I think is really um, a compelling story to tell. And that's why I like Angelus. Let me ask you two questions. Sure. One, vampires have no souls. Right. But are they considered separate entities from their soul-having previous lives? So, Well, they still have memories of their lives. Right. Like, they remember being alive. So, I'd have to say, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I'd have to say that they're not. Because that human person that they were is still part of who they are today. So, it's all... Because they remember all those memories. So, those memories have to be affecting in some way. Because, like... Which is why Spike hates Angel to begin with. Because he hated him when he was human. Right. You know? Right. Because, um... So I'm trying to think, like... A vampire freshly turned is never, like, the same person. Every time we see someone turn right into a vampire, they're instantly a bad guy. Right. So that's why I wonder if there's something else at play. And again, we're talking Jocelyn, we're talking loose rules, but... yeah. That, so that's part of why I ask. So is Angel and Angelus truly different people or not? One question. The other question is... Yeah, I think they're not different people. Right. So yeah. you think they're the same. So, but what, it's his soul that prohibits Angel from doing bad things? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, th- that's the thing that's so like compelling Catholic about it, right? Like, 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 Buffy has to deal with the fact that she's seen Angel do these horrible, horrible things. Yes. Which Angel seems to not remember, at least at first. Right. Um... 
like Xander in the past. So the point is he's still the same because he's the same to other people around him who are perceiving him, right? Uh-huh. That's the same guy who killed Jenny Calendar, right? So Giles has to deal with that to a certain extent. And now you can be like, you know, it's like it's like if somebody had a mental illness or something, right? Like they could be like, oh, well, it was just because of this, that they acted that way. But they still acted that way and you still saw it. So you can't really forget it, even if you want to forget it. And that's why he's just like all one person. Okay, you know but what, what about Xander in the pack, though? Yeah. Well, Xander's under a spell in the pack. But Angelus, but I, I that, guess, is always under a spell. But that's what I'm wondering, that's though. Good point. Yeah, so where, where does that line draw? And obviously, Xander's only a douche for like a week or some shit. Right. Um, and he's not involved in eating the principal. That's true. <laughs> so he gets some passes or whatever. Right. But, um, because then how long is Angel a soul having vampire? Hundreds of years? Is that too long? I'm trying to remember. I think I think that is known, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Because the first time I remember seeing him have a soul is when he's like homeless in the city and he's talking to that weird ginger demon. Yeah. And that's like... Is that Whistler? Whistler. That's it. Sorry. But that is close to Buffy turning into a slayer. Mm-hmm. That's true. So... He's had a soul, I think, longer, longer than, than Jenny right? Calendar's been alive. Because I don't think Jenny Calendar right. was a part of cursing okay. him. So he's... I don't know how long, but... Yeah. Okay. Because uh, then I guess I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, how long has he been a good guy? Also, so like him brooding. Wow. Right. He's been brooding for a long time. Well, I think there's a large period of Angel's life where he like lives at the store and eats rats before Whistler finds him. Which is right. Which is why I think that's a long him, yeah. period. So I don't know if that makes him a good person. Well, just makes him alive. a lot soul having person. Soul having yeah. person. Right. Who is incapable of being bad? I guess. Sure. <laughs> which is why the soul things. Were... Okay. Anyways, moving on. Okay, moving on, moving on. Um, next episode is Phases, which isn't really worth mentioning, except that's the episode where Oz gets bitten by the werewolf child. His, like, little cousin bites his finger, and that's oh. what makes Oz a werewolf. <laughs> so we've in- been introduced to him already? Oh, yeah. He comes in at the beginning of season two. Okay. But he's just, like, a band player, right? Yeah. Like, it's not until, like, the whole werewolf thing where maybe Willow and him start to have a bit of a thing. Uh, I think it's a little bit before that. And then he becomes the werewolf and she stays with him. Well, because what's the episode where Willow's dressed as an Eskimo? It's not Halloween. Willow's dressed as an Eskimo. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, because they hadn't oh, talked fuck. at that point yet. I can't remember. That's fine. It's okay. That's true. That's a good point. Why would she be dressed as an Eskimo? I can't yeah. remember why. Because I just feel like they hadn't had any meaningful interactions for a while. But I guess they have to at some point before Angel goes bad. Right. Because he kind of integrates into the gang after this bit. Because they right. know that, that he deals with that stuff. Yeah. Right. Oz is great. You want to talk about Oz? Yeah, let's talk about Oz. Thoughts on Oz. I, I love Oz. I see myself as a Xander. Yeah. You say I'm more of an Oz. I'd say you're a a talkative odds. Somewhere in between. Yeah, you're both those guys. Yeah, a mix of those two guys. Um, Seth Green is great. Seth Green is great. Um, Oz Oz is is a great great character. character. I feel I'm gonna. I feel really sad that as we continue to watch the show, he won't be in it anymore. Yeah, you're about to see him go. So that bums me out. Um, The way he goes might make you feel better about it. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Well, you say he comes back. He does. And then he leaves again. So you think during that part I'll feel good, or I'll feel good the first time he leaves? I think he does some stuff that makes him not so likable. Oh. Before he leaves. Butt stuff. Butt stuff. <laughs> I see. Correct. Okay. 
All right, well then, I guess, well, I'm not looking forward <laughs> so to that either. Yeah, though. it's yeah. upsetting. It's all upsetting because Oz is a really great character. Yeah. yeah, you're totally right. But he's really cool. Yeah, Oz is super cool. He's one of my faves. Because sure. he, because like Xander, he is technically incapable most He's of even the time. more incapable than Xander, arguably. Why? Because he doesn't have any... Um, of the army stuff? Of the army stuff. And he never, like, he doesn't jump in. And usually he doesn't jump in unless it's to save Willow the same way that... Xander jumps in, and his werewolfness isn't like useful. Right, it's more it's not of like a he can like risk thing. Yeah. like manage it and make sure he only hurts bad people. So, well, what so episodes did we just watch? The stuff where like him and Xander are putting together that potion or something like that to fight the mayor, and the mayor comes in. Oh and yeah, yeah, and he does. He does do stuff. Like, there's like a lot of things where he's, where where Xander will be like, "Are we sure? Is yeah. this a good idea?" Oz is just like, "Fuck it." That's true. Give me that sage. That's true. I guess Xander's right. around a lot longer, so we see him do a lot more. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, like I said, I just feel... Like, even when um, Mirror World Willow... Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Oz, even though he sees bad shit, and he's surrounded by vampires, and you're right, it's because of Willow, but he, like, puts himself out there in a way that, like, maybe Xander will, like... Be a little more hesitant about Wait, it. Or yeah. at least nervous. He seems right. really nervous. Whereas right. like Oz he, seems yeah. really cool. He'll, yeah, keep his cards to his chest and yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. That makes sense. All right. Um, then a couple episodes later, we get Passion, which is the episode where Jenny Callender's killed. Tough episode. It's a really tough episode to watch, but that speech Angel gives about living a passionless life yeah. uh, is really, really beautiful. Uh, I'm going to find out who wrote this episode. Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Wait, are these the writers or are these the directors of the episode? I think they're the directors, the first name. No, written by. Okay, so that, surprisingly, that episode was written by somebody named Ta- uh, Michael Gershman, who I don't know. I wonder what other episodes he might have written. Because that speech is really beautiful. Yeah. That voiceover. I mean, that's the thing, too. We've talked about this before, but, like, there's a writer's room. Yeah, right, So I'm right, sure this guy's the guy who brought it to the table sure. or whatever, but everybody has their hand in. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Jenny at all? I mean, I like her. She's tough at first. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, comes in really weirdly during that um, iRobot episode. Yep. Um, and she's, like, knowledgeable without being knowledgeable. And then we don't see her again for a little while. Mm-hmm. To me, it felt substantial um, until she becomes relevant again. Yeah, she, um, I think, like with Joyce, Jenny's really good. Like that episode of Ted or whatever. Like the episode where you start to realize that Giles is also a human man. Right. Those are really nice to like, not just a father figure, but also like a person who has romantic interests. Right. And stuff. And it's really good to see him happy. It feels really good. Because he's he's not, he's not like an unhappy guy, but he's not, he doesn't seem as happy. Right. You know, because he's an adult and that's how adults seem or whatever. Um. So it's really nice when he starts yeah. dating Jenny. You feel so happy for him, and you feel so fucking devastated for him when Angel kills her. Yes. Um, I mean, they are in a weird place when that happens, I guess, because they're like kind of on the mend from this lie that Jenny's been expressing because her true identity had been a secret for a long while with right. her being related to this gypsy family that put Angel under the curse. Right. Sorry. Um... Yeah, I feel like she also didn't do as much as she could have, considering her background. It's true. Um, It's not like she is a motherly figure in the group. She's still kind of in it, but she's definitely less involved. She does a little bit more of the research stuff. She isn't so much as an adventurer as I was hoping she would end up being. Mm -hmm. But she's still a good character, and that could have changed if she had more time. Right, she doesn't get the chance. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Um, Killed by Death comes next. That episode, uh, I really like. It's when Buffy's in the hospital with the flu. Mm-hmm. And there's that... And that Freddy Krueger-looking... Yeah, Freddy I just Krueger think that he's a really yeah. cool monster. And yeah. the fight where he's, like, invisible is pretty is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the next episode is kind of a weird one. I only have eyes for you, which is that episode where those ghosts are, like... Those spirits are taking over the students of the Sadie Hawkins... At the Sadie Hawkins yeah. dance or whatever. And the guy kills his girlfriend or whatever at the dance and so people keep reenacting that scene the yes. whole thing opens with the janitor yeah. and the teacher right. yeah that is a really weird episode it is a weird episode it's uh, kind of Stephen Kingish. yeah it's pretty good yeah no it's a good episode it's a good it's, episode it's weird, it's weird. it, it is a like weird one doesn't necessarily fit into like the world feels a little out of place up, yeah. totally uh, then we get Xander as a really great swimmer and go fish. Yeah. That episode reminds... Well, people sometimes mention Swim Fan. Is yep. that that movie? I've never yeah. seen it. But there's an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that was a lot like this, where mm. there was, like, monsters in the right. pool at the school. Kind of freaky. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Becoming Part 1 and Part 2. And that's the end of the season. You want to talk about the season ender at all? We'll talk more about Spike and Drew. Yeah, I mean, so throughout... Angelus's reign, you definitely feel bad for Spike because he um, is put into like this secondary position. He's cuckolded, I yeah. think, is the appropriate I'm use of that word. That. Cuckolded? I don't like the way you say it. Cuckolded. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's real tough. And Drew being the f- whimsical, floaty, fairy hoe that she is, is like not really helping the situation. And like she can't in one regard because she's bonkers. Right. But in the other regard, it's like, we just talked about, like, Spike is, like, her dude. Yeah. And he looks out for her in all the ways that he Angel probably won't, her. ultimately. Yeah. <clears throat> and she doesn't realize it, you know, so that's mm-hmm. why it's tough. Um, He's also been in a wheelchair at this point, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, around this time, we find out that he actually isn't wheelchair-bound anymore. Yeah. But he's been hiding it so that he can make a play to take Which Angel Which he does, out. and it's awesome. And he runs off with Drew. Yeah. Never to be seen again until season four. True. Or both of them. Spike. Gotcha. Do we ever see Drew again? We do in different capacities. Uh, we haven't gotten there in season four yet, but uh, Spike's like a little sad lost puppy because his girlfriend broke up with him. Yeah. So he's not with Drew anymore. Gotcha. Um, but she does come back. I mean, she comes... She, I'm the first to occupies her in season seven. Mm. So she's there. And there's definitely, like, past episodes we see with her in, like, right. old-timeyville. Oh, like, flashbacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that she ever comes back proper because he, she's not hanging out with Spike anymore. Because when you but say the first occupies her, it's just the first representing itself as Drew. Right. Like it does with Buffy and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a tough ending. The season finale. Well, it's sort of interesting. I didn't realize it until I said it right now. But obviously, Angel is really becomes the actual big bad because mm. Spike and Drew get away, right? And they're the only like quote unquote big bads to get away. Yeah. Um, if they're big bads, but it, it's really because it becomes Angel in those last moments, right? And even then, too, like in terms of getting away, maybe it's only Drew because mm-hmm. Spike uh, has an encounter at the end of the show. Oh. Where he doesn't really get away from anything, right? And he's a good guy also. Right. So it's like, I guess that's why it's weird for me to consider Spike a big bad in terms of the whole picture. Right. Because of his arc overall. It's true. But technically he's bad for more seasons than he's good. Because he's bad through season four. So you only get him as good Spike in five, six, and seven. Yeah, but isn't that even? Because he's not in three. I guess. 
I guess he's out being bad. Yeah, yeah. But we don't see it. That's fair. I just assume he's hanging out, beaching it up. Well, and it also depends on what you mean by good, because he does some not-so-good things in 5, 6, and 7. Right. So So does some other people. Like Faith. Sure. That hoe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's fine. It's just just perspective, I suppose. But, like you said... Spike isn't the worst of the worst when it comes to his end game, and no. ultimately he redeems himself for what he's done on the show. Time and time again, yeah, yeah totally, hundred percent. So that doesn't take into account him killing the other Slayers, obviously, but at least what he did during the show, he redeems himself for by the end of the show. I agree. Um, so, what do you think about Buffy killing Angel? It's emotional. It is emotional. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was coming. I watched it when I was a kid. Right, like, it was like the only thing I had watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was tough. And um But he's so evil at that point. I mean, I, of course he turns at the last moment or whatever in the most dramatic moment well, ever, but he he's been so evil. Sure. And up until but like up until really close to that moment, Buffy was holding out hope. Yep. I mean, literally like that episode, she's still banking yep. on Willow pulling off what she's trying to pull off. Yep. So, regardless of how bad he was, it's still tough. Yeah. Which is also pretty impressive considering he's only been around for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, that we care enough about this character and that he made that switch a season and a half into his own development. Yeah. Um, but that's just just good writing and stuff. It is. It's really good. But like I said, it's times when he like becomes this like annoying mischief dude walking around the, the cemetery, like mm-hmm. just annoying Buffy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, you were so cool before when <laughs> you were brooding as opposed to fair. now. Yeah, you know. Totally fair. Yeah, that, I mean, that final sword fight is really epic. Yeah. Um, yeah, in that moment, that look in his eyes, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Way to go, Buffy. She's a hero. I gotta say, shirtless David Boreanaz, not that impressive. Not that impressive. Super impressive more these days. Like, season five, Bones. Yeah. Shirtless David Boreanaz. Oof. Sure. Get yeah, it it's me. just like, so maybe he just wasn't making a lot of money back then, so there were no personal trainers or whatever. Yeah. Because he's a broad dude. I mean, he wasn't. He, the, Buffy was the only thing he had done. Right. Yeah, right. so... Yeah, no, yeah. But, but he you know has what? He's still. to be a big guy. I'm still really into him. That's the other thing. The other reason I like Angelus as a plug for all people, all people who are into men on this podcast, which is just me. Just you. Um, him with that eyeliner at right. the end of season two. I mean, you're right. Shirtless isn't isn't the greatest, but right. it's it's still pretty good. Okay, and that's like, fair. That eyeliner is just to die for. Right. He looks so good in it. Well, Jenny died. Not all men can pull Jenny it off. died for it. I mean, <laughs> you jerk. I miss Jenny. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most iconic scenes, too, if we talk about Buffy on the whole. Um, one of the most iconic scenes, for sure, is the... the stabbing are, in the portal. Oh, that. But before that, when mm. he's like, no friends, no uh, weapons, oh, take right. it all away, and what's left? And she's like... Me. Right. Her Boom. clapping was her catching the sword, catching the sword in between her hands. Yeah. It's epic. It's a super awesome, iconic moment. Very Buffy. Yeah. Ultimately, one of the best moments on that show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good bit. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to say about season one or two, about Buffy in general? Are you excited to watch season four? I am. Okay. My roadblock? You. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I've suggested it a couple of times, and... She doesn't sound super willing to do it. And, you know, she has a right to do so. But we got Hush coming up. We do. You know? 
We got um I don't know any other names of these <laughs> But okay. Hush. But Tara gets introduced and I love oh, Tara. Oh yeah. We got well yeah, that's the same episode as that. As Hush, yeah, yeah, but I mean then she's in the rest of the season and right. the is Hush early on then? Like is that it's about halfway through the season. Halfway through. Okay. Give or take, yeah, about halfway through. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I am looking forward to it. And the other thing too is I really Super feel like a lot of these... in season four. I love that episode. That's the episode that's all about Jonathan. Sure. Where he like imagines himself uh, as yeah. the king of the world. Yeah. That's why I'm not excited for the nerds, because Jonathan is like super uninteresting to me. Mm. Like I don't know if you like Warren or Andrew. I really like Andrew. Andrew's the videographer guy. He's the blonde guy. I don't like him either. Oh, then you won't like the nerds. Because Warren is hard to like because he's the actual bad one. But that's the thing. Like thus far if one of them seems like a bad guy but I also too am not into like the whole concept of the bad guy leader just pushing around his peons that's that also, exactly what Warren right, is and that's also like one notey also there's no yeah. like nuances well to be fair they're they're not the ultimate big bad of that season and right. Buffy ousts, right. ousts them pretty quickly right. so you don't have to stick with them for too long good <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I really feel like even the bad episodes will still be enjoyable, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, you, we, I never even talk because we never watched them at Slayer Fest because they're not that good. But mm. I mean, the story is still a story worth telling about this government agency and stuff that you know nothing about right yep, now. Yeah, right. the initiative you don't know anything about that. And Maggie Walsh is a pretty great character. I will say she's the blonde professor. Mm. Um, yeah, you said that. Riley sucks a bag of dicks. Yep, you said that too. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we're at. We're good? Yep. Yeah. Any, no, no further closing remarks? No. I mean, well, story? it's hard. I mean, because we're still watching. Yeah. And I already keep jumping ahead to episodes I've only seen without watching the whole season. So. Sure. I don't want to say too much about it, but I'm enjoying it and I'm glad I'm watching it and I want to watch more of it and I don't know why you're stopping me. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, I like, I like nerd things. I like things that people are big fans of and I just like to be a part of that even if it's way after the fact. And Buffy is definitely one of those things. Right. I mean, it's why I got into Firefly. I remember going to Comic Con one year. And just brown coat buttons everywhere, all the Jane hats everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, I can't not know anymore. That's why you watched Attack on Titan, too, right? That's exactly why. Yeah, because I watched it, and then you right. were like, oh, that's what those jackets were about. Right. And then you watched and Attack I watch on it Titan. Because I need to know. It's literally why I watched yeah. the first season of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Oh, yeah, I knew you did that. That's tough. That did not catch with me. That is tough. Thankfully. But, um... I mean, I'd still love you if you were a brony. Thank you. Just so you know. Good. And then we could clop. I don't know what that means, and I'm really afraid. <laughs> me, me neither. <laughs> is that a real thing? I think so. I oh, think, my God. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What I, is it? I think they clap. We'll Google. We'll Google <sighs> later. Um, yeah, no. I mean, listen. The, like, Part of why I wanted to do this podcast um, is because like, people's fandoms are important to those people, whatever it is. If it's music, if it's art, if it's comic books, whatever. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like personally, and really both of us, kind of have a wide spectrum for what we consider our fandoms to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff each of us like. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we like a lot of really different things, too. Mm-hmm. I always say this about, like, people who comment on Like, people will always tell me, like, like old people. Like, right. my old relatives and stuff. They'll always be like, oh, it's so nice that you and Jerry both like to have video play video games. You have so much in common. And right. I'm like, we really don't. Because he likes games I don't like. And right. I like games that he doesn't want to play. Right. And, you know, like, it's a very agonizing I always get, like, minutes. mad that they clump us together right. as having similar interests. But, but the thing is, is that because we have the interests we have, we really support the other person's interest in that thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, like, yeah, Buffy's more my thing than your thing. But right. you're really happy that I really like Buffy. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you really like Destiny or right. whatever you right. like. Even though I would, I can't play Destiny. I just can't. Yeah. Well, you know? and I'm watching Buffy, so... Who's more giving in this relationship? I'm just saying, <laughs> I played four hours of Destiny. I know, without me. <laughs> yeah, well, I was mad at you that day. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> I'm never wrong. <laughs> Except when he is. I don't know what you're talking about. Gotcha, okay. Anyway, that so makes that, sense. That, that, <laughs> that's why I wanted to do the show, because I just wanted to talk about things that we like. Yeah. Because it's really part of who everybody is. Yeah. I mean, you know, you are the friends you keep. You are what you eat. Yeah, you're you, the stuff you watch. You you are Buffy. You're the stuff you care about. I yeah. am Buffy. And I am Destiny. My friend Claire has a really sick tattoo of the Buffy bee mm. behind her ear. And I always want to be like, man, I should do that too. But then I would have the same tattoo as Claire and that would be weird. Where do you know Claire from? Yeah, I'll probably never see her again. She yeah, so do Texas. it. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. But yeah, it's like, because then you yeah. feel like you are Buffy. You've got yeah. it on your fucking ear. Yeah, no, so it's important. So I'm glad we're doing this episode. I'm glad we do the show. And I'm glad we will continue to be the geeky nerds that we are. Nice. That's it for this week. It's beautiful closing. Thank you. Um, well stated. Check out our Tumblr. At d2ga.tumblr.com Check out our Twitter. At DangerAlonePod. Um... Check out all the other shows on BrokenJars.xyz. We've got uh, Shylock's Gaming, Great Scott, The Office Podcast, High Fantasy, 42 Entertainment, which is on the summer break. Um, so much. Dresden Files. Dresden Files Podcast, yeah. yeah. If you, so if you read the Dresden Files, another nerddom, fandom thing, mm-hmm. check it out. Um, I don't read it. Me neither. They take too long. They do a web, web series. I'll check it out. Okay. Something short. All right. Maybe not. I don't care at all. I don't even really know what it is. I'm always looking for something to read. Yikes. People, a lot, a lot of people say it's like grown-up Harry Potter. Oh. Because he's like a wizard. You might like that. I know. But then I knew some people in college who liked it, and I didn't like those people, so it's yeah. kind of tainted my view on it. It's Doesn't hard. Doesn't that suck when people ruin yeah. shit for you? Fuck it's, those people. I know. It's like when you really like a song. Fuck them in the But like, then they, it got attached to a person who became a total tool weaver. Yeah. Stuff. Anyways. Stuff. Check us out in all those places. Um, leave a like or a comment, wherever Subscribe. it is. Subscribe to us on the U- on the in- iTunes, iTunes, Instagrams. On the, on the iTunes. We do not have an Instagram. No, we don't. Leave a rating. All that jazz. Let people know. If you want us to talk about anything in particular, let us know. We got no more movies coming up, so we're just going to be freeballing all these episodes that we do. Yeah. Um, which is exciting for us, but we are um, interested in your feedback, so... Reach out to us, yeah, and we'll be happy to get back to you. Uh, That's it. We will see you next week. Later.